Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and today we have David Gray filling in for Doug. Um, David Gray's been on many times, so I'm sure you are all familiar with him. Uh, But he's going to be taking the lead today, and uh, we're going to be talking in the first segment just about the news uh, and really just kind of catching up on the weekend. So if you would like to call in and join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. So, David, how are you doing today? Good to see you, Taylor. Good yeah, to you be. Too. It feels a little weird sitting over here, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going to date myself, but uh, anybody my age or maybe, you know, over 45 will remember Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. You know, you probably oh. remember Jay Leno, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And now it's Jimmy Fallon. But yep. for 30 years plus, it was Johnny Carson. And I can remember when I was younger, you know, if you made the effort to stay up late to watch Johnny because he was so good. And uh, and then you'd hear those dreaded words, Johnny's guest host tonight is. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel a little like that with Doug. But, uh, no, I appreciate Doug letting me sit in. And good to be here with you. You and I have talked plenty of times and yeah. done done projects together but never never done the program you know not to call it a show right? yeah you call it the program, <laughs> so um but i i was laughing because i was listening to you and doug last week and re-listening to i think wednesday's program and on the chapter in chan's book about servants and, and what that means yeah. and talking about getting pastors to delegate more so i guess doug's taking his own <laughs> advice and he's he's delegating a little bit more but uh Anyway, always glad to have folks with us that are tuning in. And uh, Taylor did a great intro for us. But just to remind you, I you said this probably, but SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And we are a daily live radio show, a program. <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> there you it. go. <laughs> put, put another five in the fine bucket. Yep. Um, who, we're seeking to exposit God's word, you know, one verse at a time. Doug will be getting back into Hebrews as we get back to SWAT the week of uh, – September 9th, but um, five core values of SWAT are are, um, God's word, prayer, evangelism, uh, discipleship, and community. And uh, so everything is kind of centered around that. And um, and like we said, we have the the weekly Bible studies that will start up again on the the week of the 9th. And if you want to find one in your area or if you're interested in coming, you can check out SWATradio.com for a listing of all those sites and times where we have the weekly the weekly bible study so yeah because doug has a number of them and i can't remember I, exactly the the no, times of each one no i can i can do a little bit it's i know six thirty starting on september 9th yep. six thirty uh on a it's a wednesday morning at woody's barbecue at the beach um and then a noontime uh meeting here, here at the salem yeah. center and then I believe he has one Thursday morning at Jumpin' Jacks at yep. 6.30, Jumpin' Jacks House of Food in Mandarin. Uh, I believe Thursday night, either Wednesday or Thursday night, will now be a Zoom call. I think it's going to yeah. be Thursday night. 
that you that's replacing an in-person mm-hmm. uh, meeting that used to be um, at the House of Pancakes, I think, on uh, Hodges and Beach. Hard to replace the House of Pancakes. <laughs> and then Friday morning, I think, is at the uh, Village Restaurant in St. Augustine. I believe that one starts a little bit later than 630. But again, all that information is on the site. Or you can email Doug at askdoug. Uh, at SWATradio.com. Yeah, um, and so if you want to come, there's good fellowship. Uh, a lot of men, Christian men, getting together for um, listening to Doug uh, teach some things. And uh, also with SWAT Radio, there's the SWAT retreat, which we did uh, a few, or excuse me, with SWAT, not just the radio, uh, uh, did a few weeks ago, but also uh, opportunities to serve. Yeah. In fact, there was an opportunity this past Saturday, um, which was uh, – on the north side and it was uh a giveaway kind of for the back to school giveaway yeah um i was not able to go um i don't think you were i wasn't there this time um but i've been to others and um it's a great event it's uh, in conjunction with uh councilman reggie gaffney Mm -hmm. uh doug and reggie have formed a great partnership and it's with uh um the city rehabilitation center i believe uh reggie is working with up there and I think this is, I want to say this might be the fifth or so event that it, SWAT has corroborated or collaborated with uh, Reggie and the CRC. To, there's to been help. a number of them, yeah. Yeah. And I would just say, and Doug and I talked about little about this on Friday, um, whether it's helping out an individual brother or whether it's doing a project with a group of SWAT guys like that, um, you know, we are just so blessed when we get to do that. The mm-hmm. people that we serve are always thanking us and telling us how blessed they are that we're there. But, man, to, to a fault, every guy that goes will say we were the ones that were blessed to be able to have the privilege to meet people like mm-hmm. that are up there and to serve them. And, and it's just been – it's a great community-building event, and it's also providing a need and, and showing Jesus' love, most importantly, in yeah. the community. And given what's going on in the world right now, and we both know there's no shortage of things to talk about there – um, that's such an important thing, and it's good that we're talking about Francis Chan's letters to the church, right, about what the church really is meant to be and mm-hmm. what, what God's design for the church is. So. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking about uh, things been going on uh, in the world, uh, I don't know if you saw in the news uh, that uh, only 6% of those who have died from COVID uh, actually died solely of COVID, mm-hmm. so 94% had uh, comorbidities, and then there was another thing that came out which was 90 percent of those who got tested positive for covid they're now uh thinking that they actually did not have a viral load which they could pass it on because the uh, test was too sensitive which is uh pretty crazy yeah i i have not seen too much about that i got a text to your first point about the um number of people that actually or percentage of people um who have actually died from COVID alone. I just heard that the other day and then just heard more about it on the radio right before I came in. And I guess the stat is of the 150,000 plus deaths where COVID was listed as the quote, the cause of death, the CDC, and this is coming from the CDC mm-hmm. apparently is now saying that only 6% of those deaths. And again, not to minimize anything, right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, little different from what we've been hearing that 6% of those deaths about, about 9,200 in number have been solely from COVID where there was no other factor. It was just COVID. The other 94% of the deaths have been due to some other mm-hmm. morbidity factor. And in almost all those situations, there were two 
two or more morbidity yeah. factors. So whether it was diabetes or heart disease or whatever it was, um, there were other factors. But yet, the cause of death or the it, COVID is li- it's listed mm-hmm. as a COVID death contributing to that hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand death total. Yeah, and again. Um, not saying that this is not a real thing and mm-hmm. that people haven't got really sick from it and, and, and people have died from it, but it, it paints a little different picture than the one I think most of us have been. Yeah. And it, it calls in, into question a little bit of the public policy response, you know? And so that's, again, like you said, not to say that, you know, there aren't people who have died from it and who are, who are susceptible, uh, yep. susceptible to it, excuse me. Um, but it just is like, well, was, was our response disproportionate? to kind of what was happening. And then you look at other countries who, you know, notably Sweden didn't lock down the same and our numbers look similar to mm-hmm. theirs. And it's just kind of like, whoa, what is, Yep. You know, well, we touched on? on this before we came on the air and you were saying that you had just read something that there are those now. And I think you mentioned it was somebody advising you, the, the British prime minister Oh yeah. that, mm-hmm. that they may see in the end that the number of uh, deaths from, related to the lockdown whether yep. it was from suicide or depression or heart disease or yeah, whatever treated, it is, yeah. is is maybe going to equal the number of deaths uh from COVID. yeah it's which is again uh, uh one of those things that um you know probably has got a lot less of a spotlight of course oh, than, yeah, the, than the virus but what's been people who have and not only of course are people losing their jobs and their livelihood from the lockdowns but now people are losing their jobs and their business and their livelihoods mm. from the violence yeah. and the unrest that we're seeing, which is, I know brings us into another topic. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the events there in Kenosha just continue to be mm-hmm. crazy. The, the 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 events in Portland, um, yeah, st- the, still mm-hmm. tremendous unrest. Another killing in Portland, which is just just awful to see. Yeah, and apparently targeted uh, kind of assassination type. Um, where they were targeted for the hats that they had on, which was a Patriot prayer. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, I guess there was, I don't know, at the same time, uh, I don't know if you heard, there was shots fired at uh, supporters, uh, or Trump supporters that had a caravan in L.A. So, yeah, the violence seems to be ratcheting up. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, you, you thought however many months ago that, oh, well, it can't get worse than this, and it just continues, and it's, it, it really does. It makes you wonder where it's going to end. And I, I back to the to the Portland situation where the the, the gentleman was killed, uh, who was associated with this Patriot Prayer Group. And and I confess, I don't know much about that Patriot Prayer Group, but I know they're considered a right wing group mm-hmm. and associated as being Trump supporters. And um, but there was a, a witness who heard the gunshots, and apparently this guy's a retired Marine. Mm-hmm. So hopefully a reliable witness. Doug would say so, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, what he said was that he was just not only appalled, of course, by the killing and the shooting, but by the reaction mm-hmm. to the killing in the streets where people were cheering at one person, one leader who was speaking into a megaphone or with a microphone especially, saying things like, you know, we're not sad that this bleeping fa- fascist, fascist and yeah. Nazi was killed in the streets. and. You know, man, it just it just reiterates and reemphasizes the need for God, mm-hmm. for people. Only God can solve this. I mean, I, I, agree. I, 
Um, I reminded of the verse, right, from Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven and turn and heal their land, right? That's so. good. We will come back right there where we left off. Stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we have uh, David Gray filling in for Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Um, So we're happy to have him uh, in. And right before the break, he was uh, talking about uh, the verse that uh, goes, uh, if my people who are called by my name uh, humble themselves and pray. now I forgot. Yeah, the uh, the you, you get it. And I'll I'll hear from heaven and <laughs> yeah. turn and heal their land. And, yeah, and I think that's a you know that's really um, a good segue um, into what we're talking about here with with Chan's book. And you and Doug talked about the chapter on servants last week, but about repentance, about humility, mm-hmm. about understanding that you know we are not the highest authority. Yeah, <laughs> I think Chan actually says something about that. I think I have a note about that that. That God is the authority, and you know, I've 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 been up and down. I confess, been up and down with my prayer life about all this. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes feeling like I'm praying so fervently, and then other times realizing I'm I'm letting it go because I'm depressed about it, or mm-hmm. I'm I'm throwing my hands up like you know, when's it going to end? And and you know, it, it, what I keep coming back to is that God's not surprised by yeah. any of this, and and that we don't know 
most of what's going on, but he knows all of what's going on. Yeah. There's not a detail that is escaping his attention. Um, none of this. And, and I think the other thing for us that happened, I don't know about you, but it just seems like it came on us so fast. Mm. It seemed like we were kind of going about life normally and then boom, you know, the, the, the virus came on, the George Floyd thing happened, the unrest started, the violence started, and it seemed like the country was unrecognizable within a period of a couple months. And, of course, a lot of this stuff yeah. has been going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and under the surface for a long time. Yep. So in that respect, it probably wasn't as as quick as maybe it appeared to be. But, man, in terms of just the surface exploding and things happening, it, it sure happened awful quick. Yeah, I think there comes a point um, where your normalcy bias can't, you know, you can't keep that normalcy bias. So you might have seen like, oh, you know, especially like unrest. There'd been kind of Antifa and uh, Proud Boys kind of going at it right. since back to 2015 and um, and things like that. Uh, but when, you know, the, vir- and the virus, been hearing about it, you know, since January and then the lockdowns happened. And it's like, I can't believe that that really happened. And now, you know, normalcy is like out the window. Know. You know what I mean? And. And it so really is. You have, you, you're then confronted with those things that you've seen, uh, you know, in the past, and maybe even thought, "Oh, that, that's kind of worrisome. There might be something." But then you're like, "Oh, well, you know, yep. it, it's okay." You know, <laughs> well, it's hard to get away from it. And I confess, you know, I'm a, I've always been a big sports fan, I, mm. and I'm I'm trying to. And of course, the Boston teams. I was telling you before yeah. we came on, and Doug Doug razzes me about that on a regular basis. Um, but you know, I'm. With the NBA going on right now, and the Celtics have a pretty good team, and I'm trying to watch it just for the basketball, and just try to tune out all the other stuff and say, "Look, I enjoy watching these guys play; they're great players. It does bring me a little bit of, you know, distraction mm-hmm. and sense of normal. Say, I played the game, so I I like watching it. And but man, it's hard to get away from, and you have to keep coming back to what we're talking about that we don't know everything that's going on." And we don't know the outcome, but we belong to the one mm-hmm. who does know what's going on and does control the outcome. Yeah. Um, so I, I have to keep coming back to that. You know, we were also talking during the break about um, you know churches reopening and, and businesses reopening and schools reopening. I know mm-hmm. you're a teacher, and um, this whole question about about masks and everything is such a such a volatile issue, and I think it's causing friction not just between groups, but between individuals, yeah. right? We know it is. It's mm-hmm. probably causing friction in in families and, and in work relationships. And, you know, our our church is just reopening, and um, they're, they're wanting everybody to wear a mask the whole time they're in the building. Now, they've mm-hmm. had some outdoor services for a while, but they want everybody to wear a mask when they're in the building. And, I, and I've struggled with that. I admit it. It just there's something about it even apart from the whole political part of this mm-hmm. and medical part that just seems weird about yeah. covering your face up while you're in church and, mm-hmm. and while you're singing. And, and I want to credit my sister about this because she and I have been kind of, she thinks similarly to how I do. And I asked her today, um, I texted her and I said, what's your church doing and how have you handled it? And she said, well, they're requiring masks, you know, in the building. And, and here's the basics of what she came back to me with. And, she she apologized. She said, I kind of gave you an epistle here <laughs> as opposed to just a short text. But she said she prayed about it and ultimately decided that, number one, we're told corporate worship is necessary and right, right? And she writes, 
if Satan was rejoicing in me and other members wearing masks, then he was definitely rejoicing in me not going to church at all. Hmm. (laughs) So that was number one, I guess, for her. And then number two, if I'm going to the church to worship and the gospel is being spoken, and we, the congregation, are wearing first the armor of God, then a mask is ultimately not going to stop his word, right? That was the second thing. His word is our sword. And and then number three, some people are truly scared of the virus. I hate that people are, and I think it's outrageous that we've been in lockdown and constantly fed a message of fear. But if by wearing a mask I can love my neighbor, then I'll do that for them, not yeah. the state kind of a thing. I thought that was a pretty good balanced response. And uh, you may disagree with it, but I thought that was a pretty good – and I don't mean you personally. Yeah. I mean I mean, listening. For me, I'm, I'm – completely op- not completely op- opposite of that but i i take a hard stand as far as the mask and um uh if, if i go to a place and they ask me to put one on i'll say well you know respectfully okay bye mm-hmm. uh, i'm not gonna purchase anything from mm-hmm. your store um and the reason for that for me is uh the science does not support right the wearing of the mask right and when you mandate that you must wear it mm-hmm. based on faulty science so based on a lie because i'm assuming you know then you're telling me that I have to live my life in some way based on that lie. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is a, a bridge too far. Now, if there was no mandate, right, then to me now, oh, you, you feel real concerned about masks. I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to put it on. Right. And that, I think that was her main point. I think she'd agree with you a lot more than, than if she was here, than what I'm reading here, but it's mostly about, right. About caring for, and she, you know, she ended that last one, caring for others and showing concern for others and doing it for them. And then she put in parentheses, not the state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so. you know, my, uh, I've, I've been to some churches, uh, and, and the, the line kind of is like, well, in the sanctuary, in the sanctuary, you know, yep. don't wear it, but kind of coming in and out and no one said anything to me when I haven't worn one. Yep. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to be cantankerous about it. Yep. You know, I, it's just. I feel differently. Yeah. I feel convicted differently. And it's a shame that we are in a time where you cannot um, follow your convictions without you know, being ridiculed or ostracized. You know? That's part of the problem, right? It's so hard to have a conversation with mm-hmm. people about this and have it be civil yeah. and have it be polite. I mean, I think that's, that's all gone out the window mm-hmm. with all of this stuff. I mean, I think that, you know, and you can come down wherever you want on who's to blame for this. But I think we all have to look at ourselves and say, you know, what am I, am am I doing And especially as believers? And this is what you and Doug were talking about last week as well, especially as believers, Doug using that phrase, we have to be, what is he saying? A thermostat Mm -hmm. and not a thermometer. So we have to be setting the temperature, if you will, right. Or setting the tone as opposed to just taking it. Um, Is that the way he's using that analogy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, but that, as Christians, we're supposed to be speaking the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And man, is that in short supply right now. Yeah, and, it is in such short supply. Yeah, it's speaking truth in love and understanding where other people are coming from. And, uh, you know, you can't you, you can't control someone else and how they're going to respond to you. And all you can do is stand by your convictions and act in a loving manner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree that this has been that's been the biggest thing to me. Uh, about the pandemic in general, I think like when it first happened for the first, you know, week and a half, people were like smiling and kind of more friendly. And since then people have been 
you know, yeah. really cold. Yeah. And, and pretty cold when you walk in without a mask on, too, I'll tell you that. So Well, I think that everybody for the first part of this, including the federal government, right, they were willing to imagine a worst-case scenario mm-hmm. and, and, com- and do whatever it took to avoid that. Yeah. Right? And I think everybody was okay with that for the first several weeks. But once it dre- and, and even if you weren't completely okay with it, it was still it's it's okay. It's a okay. Few weeks, we're yeah. we're going to do mm-hmm. this, right? Remember what was the? See if we all remember. It seems like it was yesterday, and yet it seems like it was a hundred years <laughs> right. ago. What was the phrase we all heard? Uh, two weeks to stop the spread, yeah. or, fl- or, no, or to or flatten, flatten the curve, the curve. and then right. thirty days to stop the spread. Right, yeah. right. And boy, that seems like it might as well have been twenty years ago yeah. than, than a few months ago. And um, but I think again, as as believers, we're told. You know, to be salt, to be light, mm-hmm. and given the current climate, I think the if if we are able to be that, obviously, only in Christ's power. Because yeah. in my own strength, I want to go out there and just start <laughs> yelling at somebody as well, yeah. right? But but He's given us a new nature, and when we're, as He said, uh, staying connected to the vine. Apart from the vine, we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But if we're connected to Him then our influence in the world is going to look like salt and light, especially given that the darkness right now is so dark, if that's a way to put it, right? The contrast, if we can go and be loving toward people, is so great. Yeah, and I guess I agree with you 100%, and I think that we also have to realize that some people are going to see your actions as not so loving, and they're going to, you know. Sure. But in the face of that hostility, to still show love maybe as this kind of goes the way of the dinosaur, hopefully maybe mm-hmm. even if it's in a year, uh, people start to look back and like, you know, that person, even though we didn't agree, they were very respectful and loving towards me the whole time. Yeah, no question. They might not agree with what we say and they might have a, they might take offense. We mm-hmm. know Christianity is an offense, but they'll see the love. Yeah. All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Hey, we'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, as well as all of you listening locally, 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 St. Augustine, and 91.3 Folkestone, Georgia. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be right back, and we will be getting into Letters to the Church.
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Austin French with Freedom Hymn. If you are just joining us, Doug is out uh, today, and we have David Gray, and we'll have him here tomorrow as well. But we are still going to be going over letters to the church, and we are getting into um, the chapter which is titled Good Shepherds. Um, but before that, I think we're going to recap just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, maybe for those do a little bit of a side. By the way, you do much, you do a much better job than me when I'm sitting over there of introducing the songs after we come back. Oh, I got I got them wrote down. <laughs> Some, sometimes I have to be like, "What's the song?" <laughs> yeah, I'm a dinosaur when it comes to the uh, contemporary Christian music. I guess I'm, I'm I don't do too well. I, I know the songs by tune and yeah, by lyric, uh-huh. but I don't know the artists and the names. Yep. So. Anyway, I know you and Doug have been going through. Uh, Francis Chan's book, Letters to the Church. And um, for those of you who might not have been listening the past uh, couple of weeks or missed some missed some broadcasts, I thought we'd just do a quick summary. And Chan has described this book as almost an individual series of little short books, almost like yeah. epistles, right? Yeah. And, and that's why he called it Letters to the Church um, on different topics of what God uh, has intended for the church what and what the church really is. Um, and I thought quickly, will we just go through a quick uh, a summary? He he starts off by describing a little bit of his own journey about how he planted Cornerstone Church mm-hmm. in Southern California. Was there for what almost thirty years, I think. Yeah. And uh, uh, as as churches go, right, or by the by the world standard, certainly, and and on, and certainly in many ways by God's standard, mm-hmm. the church was successful. And he wrote successful books like crazy love. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he, then he left for a little while with his family to decide whether or not they should minister overseas. And mm-hmm. they wound up coming back to San Francisco and kind of starting over with house churches. And mm-hmm. that took off. And although somebody told me recently, I guess he's back overseas now and is in oh, China. Is he's back in China. And actually yeah. went to China right before the pandemic started. So oh, wow. I'm not sure exactly where he stands with what, what he's doing, but I'm assuming he's doing mission work over there or planting churches or, but he's mm. out of San Francisco is what I heard. So, but anyway, um, the, the first chapter after he does that introduction is called sacred church. And, um, He's basically outlining the fact there that, that in the world and as humans, we don't really understand what it means for something to be sacred mm-hmm. or, or holy, and that we live in a human-centered world among people who see themselves as the highest authority. And boy, do we see that right oh, now, yeah. everything we've been talking about. And of course, I'm guilty of that at times as well. And uh, you know, living in a world where we give little thought, we're all concerned about our rights, but we give little thought to the rights that God mm-hmm. uh, is entitled to and deserves as as God. Um, and the, the chapter really talks a lot as well about taking more time to listen and pray and to speak, uh, to contemplate the mystery that Jesus has made us part of his body. He yeah. does that great illustration of we can't, the sun is 93 million miles away and we can't stare at it. We can't yeah. look at it for more than a second. And yet, we're part of the body of the one who made that yeah. and is infinitely brighter than the sun. That's yeah. there's certain things that I come across that I always say, I can't get my head around that. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's one of them. Um, but going on to say that we make up the temple where he lives, you know, and I like the line that he had about that, you know, if we're his temple, why are we so quick to gossip, slander leadership and, and divide the church? And, mm. I know I've certainly been guilty of that, you know, being more worried and concerned about the style of music or how long the service was. Yeah. And boy, that 
this book and these letters just kind of <laughs> blow that away. Um, but that we're part of something huge. And he, and he talks about that scene in Revelation where the entire communion of saints is gathered around God's throne. Um, but then in this chapter, he really talks about God's, um, well, actually, this is the next chapter after talking about the, you know, what's sacred about the church, about what God's order for the church is. And on page 45 of the book, he says, God told us precisely what he wanted through his commandments in the Bible. In our arrogance, we created something we think works better. Yeah. So um, I'm sure you've dealt with this. I'm older than you, so I probably had more experience, but I'm sure you've been in situations at churches where everybody's more worried about the coffee Mm. and the water and how long is the service? Oh, and the the sermon was a little long today and, Oh, I didn't like the music. Have you, have you dealt with that? Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, also people who are, you know, real concerned with what other people are wearing and how they look and how they present themselves rather than, you know, what their heart condition is. Yeah, exactly. And he, he goes on in this chapter to talk about how, Leaders and churches are more worried, like we just talked about, about human expectations mm-hmm. than about God's commands. And, um, you know, we think about, Chan talks about this, and I thought about it too, that the Pharisees, you know, created their own traditions, yeah. right? They weren't part of God's commands. And the problem was not that all the traditions were bad, yeah. right? Washing your hands and washing the dishes before you eat in and by itself isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I think in the age of COVID, right? <laughs> we would all agree with that. It's been hammered into our heads, right? But no, seriously, that, that wasn't a bad thing. But they, they, those were not God's commands, and the Pharisees emphasized those more than they emphasized the commands of God. Yeah, and they, they, yeah. they held it over the people's yeah. heads. And they elevated it up to a command of God, and even maybe you know above just by the way that they, how dogmatic they were about it. Right. Yeah, That's exactly right. And, and Jesus, as we'll talk about later, reserved his as we know, is harshest criticism um, for the religious leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this chapter goes on about, this chapter about God's order goes on to talk about focusing on the power of the Spirit is what attracts people to worship and yeah. to a church body rather than man-made things to get to get people in the seats. Um, and on page 50, he, he says, uh, talking about Paul, you know, in several instances, I'll just read one of them writing to the Corinthians, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. That's 1 Corinthians one seventeen, And I thought that was a very appropriate verse to put right there. The idea that even Paul, you know, probably the greatest missionary the Christian church has ever known, right? Not Mm -hmm. probably, he was. Yeah. um, Didn't do it with lots of, fancy words or big productions or any of that he did it by preaching the gospel and what's interesting to me is um you know they talk about you know he he went to talk in greece where they love uh you know uh philosophy and talking uh like that and that he instead of like sparring with them you know with human wisdom just stuck to right the the word and they didn't like that at all but that that he you know, because he was an intelligent individual. You know, part, yep. he was part of the Sanhedrin before he became a Christian, um, or about to be. I, I think whatever. Yep. Um, but Pharisee of Pharisees, yeah. he called himself. Yeah. So you know, he could have done that. Said, "Okay, we're gonna, you know, I'm gonna go logic to logic with you here." Yep. But he said, "No, I'm going to 
undercut my own uh, intellect, I guess, or my own brilliance, mm-hmm. so that you know you can see just the simplicity of right. this message. Right, right. Yeah. That's a great segue into Chan. The next point that Chan made in this chapter that that you know because of being focused on man-made things or or man's logic, uh, sometimes the church attempts to make Christianity more palatable and less offensive, and uh, with watering down the message of the gospel or watering down what the Bible says yeah. about who we are, sinful people, unable to save ourselves, right? That's an offense mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Um, on page 51 of the book, uh, he quotes or he talks about this Dutch uh, believer, a famous philosopher and, and theologian, I think. I don't know if I have that exactly right, that he was Dutch, but Soren Kierkegaard, we've all heard mm-hmm. of that name. Yeah. And he says it was he was appalled at the state church, what he had, which he had believed had grown apathetic and insincere. Kierkegaard believed that true Christianity is costly and demands humility. Um, and then he goes on to say, but what Kierkegaard saw in the church were constant attempts to make Christianity more palatable, more popular, and less offensive. Um, he said if we strip away the offense from Christianity and try to make things fun and easy for everyone— then lock the churches, quote, lock the churches, the sooner the better, or turn them into places of amusement which stand open all day long. Hmm. And then Chan writes, does that sound pertinent yeah. for, for today? Um, and again, so the opposite is what we should be doing. The Chan is calling us back to be devoted to God's orders as outlined in the Scripture, right? And he um, goes through, of course, what the, what the early church was devoted to um, in Acts, right? Um, he says, by trying to keep everyone interested and excited, we've created a cheap substitute for devotion. Uh, rather than busying themselves with countless endeavors, the early followers devoted themselves to just a few, meaning those things God said were a priority, yeah. and they changed the world. I thought that was a really powerful quote. And what was it that they were devoted to? Prayer, the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, and not just communion, but meals with each other, right? Intimacy mm-hmm. with Jesus and intimacy with one another. And then, of course, the fellowship um, of believers they were they were devoted to. Um, great quote also in the book. I thought this was powerful. Uh, a friend of Chan's from, from India said, um, he drove Chan to a speaking engagement, and he said, when he heard the music and saw the lights, he said, you Americans are funny. You won't show up unless there's a good speaker or band. In India, people get excited just to pray. He proceeded to tell me how believers back home love communion and how they flock to simple prayer gatherings. And yet here, you know, the opposite of that is true, and I'm sure you and I have both seen it, and I know I've been guilty of it before. Yeah, and you you got to wonder if, you know, the the reality of uh, one, you know, possible persecution plays into that, you know, the the more fervent uh, about Mm. you know coming together for right. community and stuff and also if, the, if there's uh something to be said about uh monetary yeah you know comfort yeah, yeah. that yeah. keeps us from that and then i guess now you know with technology the way that it is it's so easy to get distracted and uh, set apart from everybody else not just in the church but just society in general yeah. and just you know watching your netflix yeah. watching your hulu you know there's so many shows yeah. so many different things that we can uh do to not fellowship with one another but and so easy to forget 
that the way things are here from a church standpoint is not the way it is around the world. Yeah, that's true. All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. If you are just joining us, we've been talking, uh, well, in the first segment, like we always do. We talked about a little bit of the news of the day, and then we branched into Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, which has been our summer book that we've been going over, and uh, doing a quick rundown of that, and then we're going to be getting into the chapter titled Good Shepherds. Uh, so that's yeah. where we're at. So uh, the next chapter, just quickly to finish up my summary, which has been probably way too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, he calls this chapter The Gang, and yeah. I thought that was an interesting chapter, and he's basically calling it The Gang because he's talking about all of us who attend church mm-hmm. and uh, church membership and talking about listening to a friend of his who had spent some time, serious prison time, and was in a gang. And he said the more he heard him talk about gang life, the more he thought that's what church should be like. But then he puts in, you know, minus the drugs and the murder, <laughs> little yeah. details like that, yeah. you know. Like, but But the idea that when the guy would describe gang life to him, he'd talk about how, that was his family mm-hmm. and the gang members had his back and would look out for him and defend him and support him and, and giving all that up in the prison environment when he became a Christian was scary yeah. and difficult. Mm-hmm. But Chan takes that analogy and says, Hey, that's what church should be like. We, you know, and he, and he, and he makes little comments like, would we ever, you know, we say the things to each other, like, Hey, how was church today? Yeah, you know, would yeah. anybody ever say in prison, Hey, how was gang today? Yeah. You know, comments like that. The idea that church is not meant to be a one hour or a 90 minute time slot mm-hmm. on Sunday, 
but it's that our it's our life it's it's our family it's it's who we are right and uh i thought that was powerful yeah that chapter to me that that one hit me the most because i feel like that is the single most like out of everything so far that we've uh, talked about that's what's missing to me yeah the most in in uh the church in america yeah is that that fellowship and that that close-knit family uh feeling thinking we we read that quote from the his friend in india think about you know the the uh, LTTI that Doug supports, that SWAT supports over in India with, um, oh, now I'm going to blank on the, <laughs> on the name. I'll, I'll, come, I'll come to it, the name of the person who runs it, but um, Dawa. But um, I've heard stories about the, these Indian pastors come from miles away to be trained yeah. at LTTI and the stories of how they walk for days yeah. to get there. And then they sleep on the floor, basically, you know, for six weeks or whatever it is while they're there in their training. And and the devotion mm-hmm. to the word and the devotion to what God's called them to do and the community yeah. that must result mm-hmm. as, in terms of being there. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, Chan goes on to talk about the church is designed to exhibit supernatural love. I love the point he made about, and I knew this, but I had forgotten that one another is mentioned over a hundred times in the new Testament, love one another, admonish one another, care for one another. Um, and, and, and that are, to your point, are we really exhibiting that kind of love? And the only way we can do it is to cling to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. We think we have to gear ourselves up to love like that. And, Oh, I don't really want to go serve that person, but I know I'm supposed to. So I'm going to really, pull myself up by my bootstrap. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. If I don't want to go love somebody, then I have to go to Jesus and say, I need you yeah. to help me love that person because mm-hmm. not, not, not to help me even to love that person through me. Yeah. Cause I can't do it. Right. Yeah. And, um, and Chan's point is that that's what we're, what we're not exhibiting and also not only supernatural love, but supernatural unity. Mm-hmm. And that again, think about what we were talking about earlier, that it's that kind of love and unity that's going to make an impact yeah. in the world and mm-hmm. cause people to question what's different. Okay. Um, but after all that, I liked at the end of that chapter, he, he was, it was ended with encouragement, right? Don't give up Yeah. just because things aren't always perfect. Don't give up and be encouraged. And then finally, what you and Doug talked about last Wednesday, the chapter on servants, what it means to be a servant and how being a servant in the church is not optional. Yeah. Uh, you guys did a great job talking about that. It's, it's commanded. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole idea of consumers versus servants, why are we attending church? Are we there just to get our needs met, or are we there primarily to meet the needs of others? Chan asked that question, do we show up to gatherings looking to serve, right? So, but, and it's, again, it's, it's only the spirit of Jesus that saves us from being takers and turns us into humble givers because, again, in our own nature, mm-hmm. I know I'm selfish in, in my own flesh, yeah. Right, I'm I'm not humble, and I'm not uh, looking to serve in my own flesh. So, um, and then this whole idea of as leaders in the church to encourage people to turn from not serving—that you guys brought that up. There are the obvious sins that people get called out for, but yeah. is, is not serving one of them? Yeah, right. You know? I and mean, yeah, don't hear that a lot. You don't hear that too much. And so, a big task of leaders in the church is to is to equip people to serve. Um, so that they can serve and, 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 and to encourage them to serve. And, uh, and again, that's one of the things we talked about it earlier that I think is great about an organization like SWAT. Now, we're not church, yeah. right, as 
we've all been conditioned to think of church, but we are the church. Mm-hmm. Of course we are. And so our other men's, women's groups, whatever, that are that are studying the gospel, that are loving the gospel, that are living the gospel, right? They're, they're, we're all part of the, the church. So, Okay. Well, I finally got with seven <laughs> minutes to go to the uh, – well, we'll talk about this tomorrow as well. But hopefully that, that little bit of a recap is helpful to you, and I would encourage – all of you who are listening to to read the book. I mean, it is a convicting book, yeah. um, and I, I think that and Chan, by his own admission, is is directing a lot of this. Is, comes out of his own self examination and his own questioning of his own motives, and he's not being accusatory yeah. whatsoever in the book. He, and it's not just about leaders; it's it's about all of us who make up the church. And yeah, which is what in this uh, chapter, you know, good shepherds who would be, uh, you know tempted to think he's just going to be talking to the pastors, to the leaders, but he makes a point to say that, you know, we all are shepherds, uh, you know, if, if we're followers of Christ. So. Exactly right. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, I guess this is another one of those things that I probably had heard somewhere along the line, but that pastor means shepherd. Yeah. Right. And um, and then we'll read these tomorrow because I didn't give you heads up on these and we're, we're getting a little short on time, but all kinds of passages of course in the bible that talk about us shepherding Mm. one another right titus 2 talks about older women teaching and shepherding younger women ephesians 6 talks about parents shepherding children second timothy paul's talking to timothy about teaching to others that are qualified to receive it of course matthew jesus at the end of matthew make disciples out of all the nations right the great commission we think of psalm 23 right the most famous psalm right the the Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jesus as the good shepherd, right? And those great passages where Jesus is talking about my sheep know me, they know my voice, they follow me. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. And so the idea is, yeah, that we have pastors and leaders in our churches, but we're all called to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, you're married now, right? Yep. You have a family. You're called to lead in your family. I've been called to lead in my family. We're going to get opportunities to whether it's just facilitate a small group mm-hmm. or do a project at church. And it doesn't have to be teaching. Yeah. Of course it can be, you know, you can teach an awful lot through actions, not just yeah. through, through, through speech. And so, um, you know, Chan points out that God's, some of God's most, it's two extremes with leaders in scripture. Some of God's most honored and tender speech toward men mm-hmm are to his leaders, yep. right? Abraham, Moses. Um, Chan reminds us that he, he, Moses' sister, right, was Miriam. And I think it was his sister Miriam who spoke poorly of him, yeah. and God afflicted her with, with leprosy. Mm-hmm. Um, Elisha, uh, of course, in the New Testament, John and Peter, and some of God's most tender um, communication is with these leaders. And yet we also know that some of his harshest words and sternest warnings yeah. are, are for, for leaders. Um, in James chapter 3, it says that leaders will be judged more harshly. In Hebrews 13, um, leaders will have to give an account of those that they were tasked with shepherding. Um, and, of course, in Matthew and in other Gospels, mm-hmm. Jesus addresses the Pharisees who weren't. So we have two types of leaders. We have the leaders that are really part of Jesus' body, yeah, and then we have those leaders like the Pharisees that Jesus called sons of hell, mm-hmm. right? And said, the devil's your father. If Abraham were your father, 
you'd believe in me. You, mm. You'd know who I am. And so it's a little daunting, right? Yeah. To think about, to think about being a leader. Um, but on the other hand, it's what we're called to. Um, I, I, I like what Chan wrote here. Maybe we can finish with this. He writes, this was a difficult chapter to write because I want to be careful of arrogance and disrespect, but I have to do something with the examples of Christ, Peter, and Paul, all of whom strongly rebuked false teaching. Somehow we need to follow David's example of being careful and respectful toward even terrible leaders while also following Paul's example in calling out false teachers. And I think that's apropos right now, not only for our church leaders and spiritual leaders, but of course, political leaders, mm-hmm. right? Saul was the king yeah, and David wouldn't, wouldn't harm him because of who he was. And he was God's anointed. And Chan goes on to say, as I look over my life, I believe I have been overly critical and disrespectful at times while being cowardly and too political at other times. I don't have all the answers here, nor do I believe I've been exemplary. God has been patient in teaching me how to say difficult things with a spirit of love rather than judgment. And he constantly reminds me that I need to examine myself first. Yeah. That is where we all need to start. I thought that was a great passage. Yeah. I thought it was, it was really good uh, as well. And I think that, you know, when he's talking about uh, leaders, it is kind of like, Ooh, man, that's a daunting thing to step into because of some of those things that he's uh, talking about there. Um, but yeah, and we'll get into this tomorrow. Boy, do pastors face challenges. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is a difficult job. But come back tomorrow, and we'll keep going on this chapter. Yeah, we're going to keep going with the chapter. Um, we hope that you tune in tomorrow. Like uh, We will have uh, David Gray uh, back with us tomorrow. Um, so you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. As we said, we'll be back with David Gray and talking about Good Shepherds. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening